Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look. Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Very exciting. Benjamin, sure, look at it. We've got a lot to look at. Apparently, there's been a trailer for Picard Season 2, which I haven't seen, but you've put it on the running order anyway. <laughs> we've also been, speaking speaking of bringing back decades dead franchises, we've had a look at the Matrix resuscitations, <laughs> as well as Rick and Morty Season 5, Ben. It's been a mixed bag, but what do people think about it? And by people, I mean us. And Benjamin, you've also, you've also set up a rare treat for us, and you're going to tell us what's the deal, as Jerry Seinfeld would say, with Substack Comics. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough for you. This week's What If episode from the Disney Plus uh, streaming service gave us a lot to think about. Bloody zombies, zombies everywhere, Michael. So we said to ourselves, why not take a look at the history of the Marvel Zombies franchise? What's going on with them, Ben? Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they come from? Cotton-eyed Joe. Benjamin. Yes. Tell me about Picard Season 2. I've seen naught. I've seen naught about it. There's been a trailer, Michael, and it looks... Uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of mess, Michael. There's a lot of mess going on here, right? So, Picard Season 1, I don't know what happened in it. I'm not sure what happened, but I'll tell you what the setup is for Season 2. Okay, First the Borg of all, were Michael, there, then. The, well, the Borg aren't playing a huge role in this one, Michael. Right, good. So, what's happening here, Michael, is we have the return of Q. I've heard of him, John Delancey. John Delancey. Uh, he's back. And Q turns around to Picard and he says, as I told you before. Yes. The trial never ends. Oh, and then he's my about, God. And then he's about to click, Michael. And bloody Jean-Luc Picard goes, I'm too old for this bullshit. And then there's a snap. <laughs> and what we get, Michael, is... Um, <laughs> by Very the, good. By the looks of it, Michael. By yes. the looks of it, what we get in in round one of Q's uh, shenanigans, yes, is a totalitarian Star Trek state. So, as opposed to the benevolent socialist uh, space cadets, yes, we're the space socialists who are always right, Ben, as Alistair Beckett King says. We seem to be getting the domineering fascist totalitarian space uh, bootlickers. But we've already dealt with them, Ben, in the mirror universe. Yeah, Has he taken ba- him to the mirror universe? Ah, but Michael, that's the thing. That's the thing. I think it's slowly revealed over the course of time, Michael, that it's timey-wimey stuff, not ah. hypothetical conditional stuff. I see. Same difference, though, really. It's all the same bullshit, Michael. Benjamin. Yes. I would pay that, that rather than watching season two of Picard on my televisual streaming device, I would pay to hear a radio play version of it performed entirely by you, one Benjamin J. Colopy. I think I could do it. I think that would be pretty good. <laughs> I think I could do it. So, uh, by by then, Michael, by but the middle Benjamin, of... Benjamin, <laughs> I'd have to do the lady voices. That'd be the best part, Michael. That's what would really get bums in seats. Yes. Is you doing the lady voices. It's absolutely. me, Councillor Deanna Troy. Yeah, absolutely. That, Captain Picard, only... you need to deal with your emotions and whatnot. <laughs> anyway. Yes. By the looks of the trailer, and we can't say any of this for real, Michael, because it's just a trailer, and trailers are notorious liars now. Notorious liars, Ben. Do you remember the film Pig? Oh, the film Pig that made me not cry in the No cinema. emotions whatsoever. Ben, do you remember the film Suicide Squad? That trailer that, was a lie. That made me not cry at all in the cinema mm. when I thought King Shark might have gone the way of the, the dodo. Mm. 
But the, what looks like then, Michael, is uh, they have to go and do more timey-wimey stuff to go back in time to stop the totalitarian fascist future that Q has, has landed them in. But, Michael, they've run out of budget because where do they get transported to? It's only 2021. Oh, excellent. That's when we live. That's when we live. So We'll they just be able went, to relate. And we get to see nine of, what's what's her name? Seven of nine. I can do the voice if you want. Seven of Hello, nine, yes. Captain Picard. It's me, seven of nine. So seven of, we get to see uh, Seven of Nine driving an SUV with great vigour. Oh, very good. Which is something we've always wanted, Michael. There's like a, a soccer w- mom. There's a, yes, like a soccer mom, Michael. There's a little bit of witty banter. She's fa- she's having difficulty piloting this craft. Oh, and then very funny, because that's not the says, term we use. <laughs> then, then her companion says, you can pilot a level nine destroyer crap, blah, 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 whatever. I don't know, some kind of Star Trek jargon. And he's like, but you can handle a pedal. And she's like, shut up. And it's oh, a, oh, very good. The, the wit, Michael, the banter. I can't um, wait. And then the more boring thing looks to be uh, a bloody round of um, hope for humanity. Picard might not have had a great childhood. It looks to me that you yes. didn't go to venture into the stars, but to run away from Earth, Jean-Luc <gasps> Picard. So there's an overvoice there. And then there's a weird Victorian little boy that I think we're supposed to believe is Jean-Luc Picard. Yes, Jean-Luc Picard was definitely a weird Victorian little boy. That's, he still is. He's a 70-year-old weird Victorian little boy. So that's, that's Picard season two, Michael. I'm not going to watch it. But I thought it was important because here we're a, we're a Star Trek positive podcast. We are, Ben. And I'll probably watch it, Ben, because I will be able to relate to them being in 2021 as that's the era which I live in currently. Yes, such relatability, Michael. Such yeah. relatability. I'm always having trouble with pedals. Speaking of dystopian things that we can all relate to, Michael, we got another trailer this week. Oh, very good. What a segue. Mm. Buttery mm. smooth. Um, this uh, this week, Michael, we got the trailer for The Matrix Reparations, where Neo goes around <laughs> to former slaves and says, oh, look, I'm really sorry. Um, oh, would money few... make it better? <laughs> would money make it better? Um, and the answer, Michael, I think we got from that trailer is, no, money doesn't make things better very often. No, no, um, no. Of course, Ben, you're joking. It's, it's actually The Matrix Resuscitations, where, Matrix, where Neo <laughs> takes a two-day first aid course. Yes, it's the um, Matrix CPR. <laughs> yeah, and he learns uh, to make a seal with the lips, Ben. Like, <laughs> like the singer Seal. Yes, and Morpheus has now been replaced by noted singer Seal. Um, Seal, yeah. So well, that's well, that would be good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch yeah. the crap out of that. Yeah, um, so, anyway, Michael, what we got here is, what, what looks to be, Michael, we've been thrown for a loop here. Uh, what's going on, Ben? What's going on? Michael, it looks to have been a hard reset of the Matrix. Benjamin. Yes. Do you think it's going to be set in 2021 to make it more relatable for the likes of you and I? Yeah, Michael, because there's a scene there where Neo looks up at a mirror and there's a bunch of people on their phones, Michael. And as we all know, as we all know, nothing says dystopia like mobile phones. Like people looking at their phones, Ben. Oh, God, what a load of bollocks. I fucking hate (laughs) that trope. You get so many rubbish, like, cartoons. It's like, this generation's always on their phone. Shut up. That's because you're always on your phone, Ben. You were talking to me for 25 minutes earlier about how we're going to have to move the podcast to TikTok. We are. We don't have a choice. You're always on your phone, Ben. You've got a big craned neck. I do actually. I have. I, I have the millennial like. Yeah, you've got the millennial hump, and um, you're always bumping into things. I've got my exercises now, Michael. Look, you got. You got oh, you very your, good. You do your special exercises, and you give them like a little twin, and they hurt like fuck, Michael. But they get rid of the. They get rid of the nerd neck. They it's get rid important. of the millennial nerd neck. That's very important. That's very good. My lower back pain hurts because I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, do it. 
They're generational <laughs> they differences. Benjamin. <laughs> no mobile phones in that one. That's just you. You know who else's back probably hurts? Probably one Keanu Reeves. He's probably like, oh man, my back. This is, I'm so old. I can't carry another bloody franchise. <laughs> Very good. Um, so there's a few things happening in this one, Michael. Uh, it looks like possibly Neo has been plugged back into the Matrix as mm. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Um, Anderson. Mr. Anderson, and he's having a, a therapy session with Neil Patrick Harris. Of all um, people. Of all people. Doogie then Hauser, Michael, MD. Doogie Hauser, MD. That's been rebooted on Disney Plus as Doogie Kamalahoa. She's a, a young Hawaiian lady. Yeah, MD. So there you go. Mm. Um, just a little little fun Disney Plus trivia for you there. Uh, then he sees a cat, Michael, which is a throwback to the very first Matrix episode as when you see Deja Vu or when you suffer from Deja Vu, uh, mm. it means they've reset something, Michael. So mm. there's a little throwback in the opening seconds of that. Um, and then what we're treated to, Michael, is a couple of scenes that we've already seen. Scene oh. scenes. Mm. Um, so there's the dojo fight. Mm-hmm. There's the classic bullet time. Oh, I like that where they do the back bend. There's oh, the pit. Yeah. My back. Oh, my back. Bloody Keanu Reeves, tell you what, he's he's over 40. He's going to have a real tough time. He's um, 50 if he's a day. He's John Wickin, though. He's, he's you know, he's like... That was a little... Uh, sorry, I forgot podcasts are not a visual medium. <laughs> no, we're not on TikTok yet, Ben. I did a little hench stance and I, I kind of waddled <laughs> as if I was strong. Yeah. Um, but, Michael, it looks like we're going to get updated versions of famous scenes like the dojo scene, the pill choice scene, mm. um, things like that. I don't know what's happening because the other thing that's not here, Michael, is Lawrence Fishburne isn't in Where is he? Where, Where is he? He's too busy. He's too busy being in every franchise. Has he been recast, Michael? Is this is this a deceit from The Matrix to make mm. Neo think he's found a Morpheus again? Oh, clever. Because there's another character, Michael, who looks to be a Trinity stand-in. Only we've seen bloody Carrie Ann Moss already. They meet in a cafe and they're like, oh, have we met there. before? <laughs> She's there. Mm-hmm. She's like, remember me? I was a sexy lady in the 90s. I think, Michael, what we might see, based on the on the Carrie Ann Moss scenes, where she seems to be screaming in frustration, I think the characters have been imprisoned in their own little mini-matrixes. Oh, that's happened to me. And they're going through... <laughs> it happens to all of us. It's called lockdown, Michael. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I think what's happened is a bunch of our characters, Michael, have been stuck in loops. And that's why mm. they're seeing uh, little black cats that cause deja vu and the likes. Because... <laughs> oh, you think it's going to be a time loop episode? Exciting. Um, I, I <laughs> Look, time, timey-wimey stuff never fills me with joy, Michael, as you know. I just find it confusing and I often have to have a milkshake and I sit down mm-hmm. afterwards just to soothe my savage mind. But I think that's what we're going to see what do you think michael i don't know ben i think they're back in the matrix i i don't know if it's going to be i i, I somewhat hope ben do you remember the video game enter the matrix no yeah it was, it was a great L game yeah 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 and um, no no sorry what was the mmo one called oh the mass multiplayer online michael i have no mass idea multiplayer online matrix game ben which canonically continued the story of the matrix after the movies really Canonically, Ben, it even had the voice actors and the likenesses and everything. And wow, what I, wow, what I'm wondering, Ben, is is this going to be a continuation or a reboot? I I think it's a, I think it's a reboot, Michael. I, I think it's I, a continuation. Oh, okay. Well, on guard then. I think it's a continuation. I think it's going to be they're either back in the matrix or they never left the matrix, and no. it's just layers and layers of matrices. There's a, a, a set of matrices, Michael. Yeah. 
Just matrices mm. everywhere and you never know when you're out of the matrices. It's pronounced mattress, but it sounds like a very comfy world. Yeah, mm. very good. They, they call me Mattress Mick, Ben. But they call um, you Mattress Mick? No, they don't. No, <laughs> the other taken. I, I tell you what, this podcast would probably be a lot more successful if you were Mattress Mick. I'd be like, yeah, get your mattresses. Come down here and get your mattresses. We got thick ones, we got thin ones. <laughs> we, we would got- essentially, Michael be a Rick and Morty episode if that we were got, to happen we got king size mattresses we got queen size mattresses we got every type of mattress we got fold up ones we got air mattresses ooh wee we got water beds literal beds of water you can come down and have a snooze in them ben, ooh wee Ben we have yeah. one rule on this podcast and it's no Rick and Morty voices yeah I know but I, oh, that's the one rule we have you can say any sort of words you want you can say <laughs> you can say you can say Jesus We've never said that on the podcast Guess I'll bleep those out then Yeah absolutely <laughs> What was that I'm gonna dare bleep them you out. Break a bloody yearly Years long tradition <laughs> What yes, the but, fuck but What the f- <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> That's what happens you, Once you break what one rule doing? Once you break one rule, they're all they all come tumbling down. Benjamin, speaking of Rick and Morty season five, we've all I'll seen never it. recover. <laughs> right, God, Rick and Morty season five. It wrapped up there, Michael. Um, last week, mm. it wrapped up last Sunday, and um, it brought it brought uh, an unusual conclusion to the evil Morty kind of. Mini story subplot that's been running through different seasons. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, overall as a season, Michael, because it's a season review because it's all wrapped up now. Oh, I, I thought it was an excellent return to form. So I, did I, Benjamin. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed those episodes. Um, and I think those little changes they made, where Morty was actually allowed to grow as a character, and Rick was allowed to fail as a character, meant that we just got a, a better more interesting set of stories overall yeah um and (laughs) i mean the the show can't do anything without putting its meta hat on and referencing every time it does something yeah so but i yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it i enjoyed it more than any of the than certainly more than the previous two seasons for sure absolutely because i was starting to hate rick yeah um but now i don't anymore and he's got um he's got christopher lloyd on board so well done to them yeah, I said the yeah, live action Christopher Lloyd little little boot. It was good. It was good. It was very good. Benjamin, yeah. what did you think of the finale though? Because the finale took the complete opposite to tack and went cannon heavy. Oh undefeatable yeah. Rick heavy. Um yeah, but it, it, it kind of uh I I like that. I think it was to funnily enough, I think that final episode was really just to drive home to fans that they had made mistakes with Rick. Mm. Um, and I think... So what we're introduced to, for anyone that hasn't seen it, spoilers, first of all, it's only a week-long episode, I suppose, and if you've been saving them up, you might want to hold off. So just spoilers for the finale of Rick and Morty Season 5, Episode 10, uh, just in case. But what we see, Michael, is that the the evil Morty isn't really evil in a traditional sense. He just... He's just born, sick of Rick. Yeah, he's born witness to the cyclical almost Sisyphean nature of the Rick and Morty universe, which is they'll always find each other. He'll always have to accompany Rick and so on and so forth. Um, Mm. And there's no way out of that loop. There's lots of gross Morty cloning facilities, Ben. 
Yeah, tons of them. Because it turns out that the Citadel is just a giant, heavy-handed metaphor for capitalism. Oh, capitalism. Get rid of it. Capitalism. Um, so we we get we bear witness to that. And really, uh, evil Morty's motivation the entire time was, I just want to be in a space that Rick isn't. Mm. It's all at once. Benjamin, what did you think about the central infinite curve? Uh, I So I, I think that was a concept that was lost on me a little bit, Michael. Um in terms of is it is it a reference to something is it specifically created for Rick and Morty no is it's it... a specific Rick and Morty thing they mentioned it in season one I think possibly did or they season two even but the whole idea as per my understanding Ben which may or may be incorrect or not probably not though just as the way I've said that sentence what Rick has done what the whole point of the Citadel of Rick's Ben yep is essentially it's a big huge space station that makes the universes where Rick is top dog, it just collects them all together into a kind of independent multiverse. Yes. So you can teleport to any universe you you could possibly ever want to, as long as it's one of the infinite number of universes where Rick is the top dog. Yeah. But you can't teleport outside the infinite curve where Rick isn't the top dog. But Evil Morty has destroyed that now. So that oh. means that they could end up teleporting into universes where Rick isn't the smartest person in the universe. Or people from other universes potentially could teleport into their universe and be smarter than Rick. Did Loki beat Rick and Morty to their big season finale twist? I suppose in a sense they did, yeah. Um, except Rick and Morty already had a multiverse. It was just a very limited... It it goes into the it goes into the concept. Oh, why are why are we being so why are we being so arty farty about this? It goes into the concept of the the size of infinity because uh, there's there's an infinite number of universes where Rick is the smartest, but there's a bigger infinite. That that infinite is only a small subset of the infinite infin, infinite subset of universes in general. Too many matrices, Michael. Too many Too matrices. Too many matrices. But one of the things it means is that they could theoretically cross over into other cartoon universes now. Oh, ho, ho. A Gravity Falls meets bloody Rick and Morty. I'd watch well, that. Well, they've already done Gravity Falls. Uh, they have they? a little bit, haven't they? They, they have, have a little, little bit. bit. So Gravity um, Falls appears to exist. If we follow that logic, then Gravity Falls exists within the infinite curve of universes where Rick is the smartest person. So, okay, so Rick is Mephisto. It's now been confirmed. Rick Fisto. Um, Rick Fisto, which Ooh. doesn't sound an impossible character to actually see on Rick and Morty. Yeah. But anyway, um, it's no, it's just funny because um, the, the Loki TV show, Michael, poached a lot of the writers from Rick and Morty for their ah. multiverse act. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a known thing in the industry that I think about four or five of the key writers from Rick and Morty jumped over to Loki. Hmm. Um, for that big, big uh, mouse money, you know, mm, big mouse, big mouse, um, ruling, uh, ruling the waves, Michael. Uh, in this case, the airwaves. But yeah, I, I think overall as a season, it just worked much better. Um, Rick as a flawed character is far more enjoyable to watch. Um, Rick as a fuck up. Rick not knowing what to do a lot of the time. Just, just a better character mm. overall to watch. And it's fun to see Morty kind of step into his own in a weird way like he's going around fixing his one of his grandfather's kind of drunken sprees yes. um, and he's not telling his grandfather because he doesn't want the argument um, mm. and it's interesting to see him so competently kind of like fixed it fixed it yeah. 
fixed dealt it. Dealt with it. Yeah. And, you know, we get to see him grow in, in that. Now, he still makes some mistakes, Michael. He trusts a, a, a clear psychopath um, with a portal in his thigh. You know, it's yeah. a whole thing. Um, and then it was kind of a classic Rick and Morty in the two crows thing as well. The little yes, side adventure good. with the two crows. Very good. Very good. Very two good. crows. Rick and two crows. Benjamin. Yes. This isn't really a video game podcast, but did you see any of the PlayStation reveals over the weekend? Oh, didn't I, Michael? Didn't very, I? Very, I don't know. Does that mean you did or you didn't? Oh, I did. Sorry. I, oh, you I, did. Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay. Some very exciting ones, Ben. Now, I don't have a playing station, so it doesn't make much difference to me. I don't know if you have a playing station. I do. You have a playing station? Well, my brother has a playing station fifth. Um, oh, the fifth playing I, station. I have played uh, God of War on that playing station. Mm. And so I was exceptionally excited to see the trailer for God of War Ragnarok, Michael, because yeah. that game yes. is the best game I've ever played. Oh, very good, Benjamin. Um, it has Christopher Judge in it. It has Christopher Judge in it as a big, bad, bloody ashen man. Mm-hmm. And it's it's set in the Norse universe now, Michael, because when Kratos wiped out all of Roman and Greek mythology, he was like, okay, I'm going to go find somewhere new to... Who's next? Who's hang next my for blades the old, of lament. <laughs> who's next for the old hatchet? Uh, so we got to see that, Michael. But one of my one of my favorite pieces of Fallout from the the trailer. It looks very good, Michael. And um, we can't say a whole lot about it. And um, there's a little bit of controversy, Michael, as is classically the case. Angaboda, who in the traditional Norse mythology is the wife of Loki, right? Um, uh, the giantess Angaboda she mm-hmm. is revealed at the end of the trailer Michael and she is uh, a girl of colour oh god um, no. oh Ben they co- won't be happy with oh, that they, and they weren't Michael so there's a, there's this very now to be very clear there's a very specific niche trolling element of the internet it's just like oh, it's Norse mythology you can't do that yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. Reddit I think that niche is called uh, yeah it's, it's that whole thing so they, they lost their minds but the other thing that people have lost their minds over Michael is the promo image for Thor in the God of War universe go on he, he's, he's far more akin to Volstagg um, in the Marvel comics he's a big heavy set man mm-hmm uh, he's got his red hair. He yeah. looks like the traditional Thor. And a lot of people are very disappointed in this. They wanted a big muscly Thor. Oh, no, that's not what you're getting. You're getting a more mythological Thor. You're getting a he's, more mythological Thor. He's more like a Thor from Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Neil Gaiman's Sandman, Michael, a big mm. lumbering man. But mm. it, it's it's an important representation, I suppose, in terms of Norse mythology because uh, Thor is often known as the people's god mm. uh, in Norse mythology. And I think he, you're thinking of the rock. Uh, no, that's the people's elbow, Michael. All right. Okay. Yeah, I got mixed yeah. up. Um, this is a slightly grander size to it. So mm. in that particular case, Michael, Thor is traditionally a god of the working class. He was he was depicted as a traditionally strong man because yeah. that was the type of people who were building huts and mm. villages and Man. going to war. So he's he's built like a builder. <laughs> yeah. He's built like a big heavy set builder. Um, and there's been a couple of uh, online comment- uh, commenters who are like this is an amazing representation of Thor this is the Thor with an un- insatiable appetite this is the Thor that rocks the Bifrost when he walks on it this is a mm. Thor made for one commenter that I saw on TikTok said this is a Thor made for fighting fucking and feasting no, and I was like Thor. now that is that should be the tagline if I was working for God of War on PlayStation 4 I would write to that person and be like hello can I use that as the tagline mm. on our game please he's probably going to be no good though Ben 
Oh, he's a dick. He's an absolute dick, Michael. But you know what? Still going to buy that game and play it. Oh, yeah, on your playing station of the fifth. On my playing station Benjamin, of the fifth. Benjamin, yeah. I was quite excited by the Spider-Man 2 teaser trailer. So you bloody wear, Michael. What's well, going there's, on there? There's two Spider-Boys and they're teaming up together. Yeah, is Venom teaming up as well? Well, it seems like, Ben, that Craven the Hunter, your favourite character, Craven the Hunter, I love is Craven. after them. It, and that's Venom's what it sounds like, like to me. Here then, maybe go after me as well. Ah, a big long tongue. Ah. See, this is the thing that I always find interesting, Michael, because if I was going after the Spider Boys, right? Yeah, and that's what we're boys. calling them from now on, the yeah. Spider Boys. If I was going after the Spider Boys, they have a code of ethics. They've, you know, I can, I can leverage their code yeah, to my advantage. Um, they've got patterns. They're nerdy boys. They're two dweebs, a pair they're of two dweebs. dweebs. However, if the giant alien symbiote came at me and said, yeah, come on then, let's have a fucking go of it. I'd be like, no, you're all right. No, Thank you're you very right. much. That's not what I meant. <laughs> That's a, I didn't mean you, you big slimy alien goo. You're a big slimy scary alien goo man. <laughs> I don't want any of that. Thank you very much. I don't think I can handle that. Yes, Thank I think you. You're Probably largely immune to rifles. <laughs> to to the dart gun hidden in the lion's eyes that rest above my nipples. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite Craven the Hunter. That's literally his thing. I've always pictured like Will Ferrell playing him in like a parody where he's just like, oh. And, like, I think Will Ferrell would be great to play him in not a parody. I think that would be amazing. Will Ferrell has some dramatic chops. I think that would be incredible. It'd be the... F- the f- Ferrelaissance I can yeah, never get it's, it's about time It's about time for it Yeah Benjamin Yeah That's enough of that anyway There's a Wolverine as well And it looks Wolverine-y Benjamin It, it does yeah Very Wolverine-y Maximum wolverine Maximum Wolverine That's what I would have called it If it was the 90s And there probably was a game called that <laughs> Maximum Benjamin. Wolverines Yes go on Benjamin What is Substack Comics? It sounds like some sort of uh, Chronological ailment uh, it does a little bit actually A bit like Crohn's disease Or something like that mm. um, Substack Michael Is a platform all its own What's that mean? Um, Substack is a blogging platform uh, That functions a little bit In a similar fashion To Patreon Oh I've heard of Patreon Yeah so we, we've all heard of Patreon um, and Only sub- fans Only fans Very similar business models The idea is Paywall for content um, right. And the the hook of it, I suppose, is exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. Oh, good. Okay. Like OnlyFans. Like OnlyFans. So Substack, Michael, has really caused, already caused quite a, a disrupt in the world of journalism, which I hadn't realized until I started researching for this particular issue. Um, but Substack is where a lot of journalists go to publish their insights and opinions now, as opposed to chasing stories for say the New York Post or right. the Guardian or something like that. If if you have a preferred news source, let's say Own Jones from the Guardian, right. for example, right? Yes. Let's say that was your Who's leftist he? leaning he's a very left leaning young fella um who likes having a go with the Tories, Michael. Oh the Tories. Yeah. So let's say you like him, Michael, you might go over to his substack and what you'll get is his personal email every month, or his personal newsletter every month. You won't get his personal email. Um, you get his personal newsletter every month where he gives you his thoughts and opinions on the monthly news or the weekly news. It's up to him to set how that wants to go oh. out. But it's caused quite a major shift in the world of journalism with uh, legitimate kind of traditional media and news sources struggling to find the same level of quality they did in the past. Um, because these people are getting a Patreon-like support system 
mm. from Substack. So, obviously, Substack is rolling in the dough, Michael. Um, they have a very they get a they get a percentage of each subscription that comes in. That's how these kinds of things work. Um, so what they've done, Michael, is they've now turned their sights on comic books. Go on. And to do that, they're offering a fairly spectacular deal to comic book creators. So, right. um, for the first year of working with Substack, and what they want is exclusivity. That's the, the hook. Mm. Um, that's what they want out of this deal is exclusivity. Like so, bloody women, am I right, Ben? Amen, brother. <laughs> amen. Oh, amen. We're amen. so in demand. Um, I, I, would <laughs> I would like to apologize to Annie. Um, women listeners, yeah, were. just women, just, uh, just women in general. Um, sorry, with with sorry. deepest apologies. Um, but that's <laughs> hold on, Ben. I have the seventies on the other line here. Yes, hello, the seven. Yes, you want your jokes back? All right, yeah, I'll send. Yeah, I'll send them. We're, I'll send them by fax, you bastards. At this, at this, at this. Point, stop smoking at... so many cigarettes. It's bad for you. There are sort of the seventies. Have a chat there. after this podcast, Michael. You okay? I just have a quick chat with the seventies, Ben. They were yeah, just on because the other line there. he used a word that really belongs to the seventies at this point. I gotta beep that out, Ben. That's Are the you? joke. Yes, that's Are the you? joke. Okay. If I remember, I'm so worried. Um, so, in order to do this, what they did, Michael, was um, they're, they're offering a, a rather lucrative deal to key comic book creators. So, first of all, there's a one-off payment to sign over from Substack. Okay, oh, how so much get? it's a large. So it's negotiated from creator to creator. Oh, oh, now doesn't sound great. we have a good sense of this, Michael, because James Tinney in the fourth, who's currently writing Batman for DC, and he's writing a lot of their black label titles as well. Um, Blackman's Willie has just <laughs> has just signed over to Substack. Now, he has released the details of his deal in order for transparency to be possible for other big creators, I think, so that they mm. get an idea of what's happening. So, according to James Tinney in the fourth, yes. he has turned down a three-year exclusivity deal from DC in favour of this deal from Substack Comics. Get out of town. Ben, but DC are one of the biggest players. DC are one of the biggest players, but reportedly what he's been offered, Michael, is 500000 up front. Get out of town, Benjamin. That's half a million US dollars. That's half a million smackaroos, right? Now, the trade for the first year, Michael, is that Substack claims 85% of subscription fees. That's so many. With 15% going to James Tinney in the fourth. However, after the first year, that reverses. Oh. So James Tinian takes home 85%. Substack takes home fifteen. So even if I sign up as a creator, Ben, yeah, and and I let's say I have a very successful run and I generate let's say a million dollars in income, yes, James Tinian will take home eighty five percent. No, of my you million. <laughs> what an asshole! James Tinian will take home that amount on his own labor. Um, right, right, right. Now the other huge draw, Michael. The other yeah. huge draw, apart from 500,000 smackaroos... That's a big draw, Ben. ...is it, Substack is aiming for a digital publishing platform mm. and is allowing creators complete control over how they would like to print and distribute their comics. I would like it printed on the skin of calves. But it's very interesting, Michael, to give that much control. They also retain all character rights, so Substack has no right to turn it into a film. A film. Or mm. a television. No, 
and so that's interesting. physical television. Now, Michael, this this offer is clearly attracting a lot of people to Substack because the other people that have signed up are one Jonathan Hickman. I've heard of him. Who has been Marvel's go-to for many a year. Yeah, not uh, Robert Kirkman. They're different. Not Robert Kirkman. Not the same. Scott Schneider, Michael? I've, uh, not Zack Schneider. No, Scott Schneider. Batman extraordinaire Scott Schneider and yep. all-around DC bloody messiah mm-hmm. Scott Schneider. He's jumping over. Uh, Ram... V, Ramesses the third, who's, who's the pharaoh a, of Egypt, who's a big uh, kind of creator. Chip Zdarsky has ben, just signed on. over. Ben, Ben, I talked over you there. I didn't catch who that was. was he's a, a he's a he's just a, a huge comic book writer for Image and Marvel. I think he does work for as well. Mm. Um, bloody Ch- Chip Zdarsky, Michael. I've heard of him. Has signed over. Uh, Molly Oster. Tag, whose work always escapes me, but she's quite big at Marvel, as far as oh. I know. Um, Scotty Young, who you might know, Michael. I do. D- wasn't he? Um, wasn't he the boyfriend who gets cheated on by with Matt Damon in the film Road Trip? Yeah, it's Scotty. Scotty doesn't know. Yeah, Scotty doesn't know. Um, but oh, what a tune! Anyway, these are some of the big names going over, Michael, and they are huge. Right, uh, Hickman in particular, uh, Schneider as well, uh, Zdarsky is huge as well. So this this little disrupt, Michael, is having a mm. serious effect, and it's going to be a big. Pro- Imagine turning down a three year contract, three year guarantee of work from DC. Yeah. Well, the comic book industry, Ben, famously has never paid very well. No, it hasn't. But now they're getting it. Whoa, stuck back, Benjamin. To them. What does this mean for your very small independent comic producers? A few good friends of ours, Ben, we know are working on comic books at the moment. We know our good friend Sean Northridge is working on a comic book. We know Peter from uh, Superior Comic Show. He's working on a comic book. Can they, Can that sort of person, can they go, hey guys, I've got some skills. Yeah. What do you think of this? Put this on your Substacks. So this is the really interesting thing. These initial deals from Substack Comics are for the big creators and it's called Substack Pro. Okay, oh. so they're being sought out. However, anyone can start a Substack and use the model. Oh, so you could start publishing your erotic comics. Yeah, I could, but those are really for me, Michael. You know, those well, are my, you those keep are my sending passion. them to me then? Because you know, if a, if a tree falls in the woods, Michael, <laughs> and no one, <laughs> and no one's grown grown by it. <laughs> is it even erotic fiction? Oh, that was very good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So anyway. It's, ben, it's the fact that so many of the characters look like me. They're freaks out. <laughs> That's what I don't like. Everything I, else is quite good. I, I do spend an inordinate amount of time. Um, I'd be more worried about how I know so much about your physique. Yeah, yeah. And no, I wouldn't. I'd put any pictures on the <laughs> But anyway, um, so you can go and do that. So it is very much an OnlyFans for comic books creators. Mm. Um, now, this model... Uh, there's a little bit of criticism. Some creators are very salty about it in the Marvel and DC world. I would imagine they're the creators that are not maybe getting a $500,000 incentive. Yeah, yeah. The salty boys, as we the call them. The salty boys, as we call them. Uh, not to be confused with the spidey boys. No, um, different. The, the salty boys. So there's, there's a little bit of consternation. It's also not a very sustainable model, Michael. And the tricky thing about subscriptions is yeah. um, it's going to be... Each subscription is not going to allow you access to a range of creators. It's going to allow you access to one. So you subscribe to our friend Sean, Sean Nutridge. Exactly. And you get all of his content. 
exactly. So it's 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 like any other subscription service. Michael, subscription models are how we we do things now in entertainment. Yeah, and it it looks like comic books are heading that way as well. I mean, they already were to a large degree. Comicsology and the likes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Allow- and I. I know I keep going back to the OnlyFans model, Ben, but you can't sign up to my OnlyFans and expect to get free pictures of your butthole. Absolutely. You can expect, however, to get free pictures of my erotic fiction, which yes. I've been writing for years and years, <laughs> and I give you exclusive rights to in return for you not suing the pants off me. <laughs> if anything, Ben, I'd sue the pants back onto you, if, if possible, after, after the erotic fiction. <laughs> Um, so that's Substack Comics, Michael. It's pretty interesting. It's causing a bit of a disrupt. Um, I thought it was worth chatting about in the podcast. Mm, in case people very interesting, it. Ben. Uh, ben, who knows, Ben? Who knows where we'll be in a in a hundred years? Uh, dead, I hope. No, I'll have robot legs. I plan on living. Oh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have robot limbs and a speaking robot of, heart. Speaking of replaced limbs, um, do you know uh, do you know what was happening this week on Marvel's What If, Michael? I had a watch of it, Ben. There was bloody zombies everywhere. People losing limbs left and right, mm. Squire. Left and right. Um, no use. This was one of the, the more... I was very conflicted on this episode, Michael. So, for those of you who haven't been following, What If's been on for the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, and we've been we've been keeping up with it, Michael. And I, I we've, we've had, you know, the audacity, the timidity, the fuckery. I think now we could probably say the, the hit and misery. The what um, of it all, and I have to say, I didn't enjoy the Doctor Strange episode. I loved it. I, I didn't. That was interesting. I was just like, uh, meh. Did you mm. like when Schmebulock was in it? Though? That was quite funny. The different creatures were mad interesting. I would mm. I would have watched him struggle with them a lot more, Michael. That would have been very enjoyable to me. Um, I thought the twist was a bit silly. Um, yeah, I just it, look. It didn't. It didn't wet my whistle. But this one, Michael, had me yes. very conflicted. It was both hit and miss for me. Yes, um, at the same time. Sometimes at the same time, it was a hiss. Mm. Uh, so what we got was an, a, a loose adaptation, I think, Michael, of mm. the famous Marvel Zombies storyline. We'll uh, get into that. That we will get into over time. But this episode specifically, Michael, um, it's a quantum-based virus. Benjamin. Yeah. The second episode out of five where it's Hank Pym's fault. Yeah, Hank Pym. Dick. Yeah, they really don't like him. They don't. I think I, I think bloody, what's his name? Uh, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas asked for more money at some point. They're like, <laughs> fuck you. Have you ever heard of Terrence Howard? <laughs> I'll do it again, said Kevin yes. Bucky. Um, there's, there's plenty more famous in the 80s actors out there that could play Hank Pym. Mm. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, so poor old Michelle Pfeiffs um, mm. was corrupted by the quantum verse, Michael, and uh, Hank Pym went and pulled a thread he shouldn't have pulled, mm. um, and unleashed bloody zombie mania on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're all zombies now, Ben. Yeah, so the the, the events are set just before um, the arrival of the Blackguard on on planet Earth. And poor El Hulk has a Killian Murphy-style introduction to the zombieverse. Oh, very good. Um, the Black Order, Ben. But that's oh, what did I call them? The Black Guard. Oh, that's that sounds something much more sinister. Oh dear. Yeah, very sinister. But anyway, Ben. Yes, he does. He has a bit of a Killian Murphy. He has a bit of a "Where is everyone? I'm Bruce Banner. It's me, Bruce Banner. Where is everyone?" Everybody uses that since uh, bloody Killian Murphy did it in 
in that film. Bloody Walking Dead did it. <laughs> Rick woke up in bloody hospital. It's the classic. It's, it's the classic. classic. It's just 28 Days Later did the best ever version of it. Um, I quite enjoyed watching zombie Avengers kick the ever-living crap out of uh, Nidge and Hulk from space. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good crack. Um, and then we get to see the ragtag bunch of people that survived. Mm. Um, which I found really interesting. Tonally weird, though, wasn't it? It's so messed up. Tonally weird. Like, Spider-Man, Ben. Spider-Man was the most tonally weird one because they wanted... It's hard to do an entire zombie film in 23 minutes or whatever. Okay, no, they're not 23. They're 33 minutes. Yeah. But you're doing you're doing all the beats of a zombie film in a third of the time. Which isn't enough time, Michael, to do it's a couple, not of, enough time. couple of zombie beats. It's not enough time. It's very hard. And unfortunately, they wanted to have their cake and eat it with Peter Parker of having him both horribly traumatised by the death of all his loved ones, but also having a fun, quippy, zombie land style. This is how you fight zombies. I'm the beacon of hope. Yeah, Um, but also everything's horrible. And it doesn't make sense. Hmm. Um, It doesn't make sense, Michael. We lose, uh, well, massive spoilers from this point on, but we lose lose happy uh, about halfway through the episode. Um, well, if not earlier. And Happy is arguably, mm-hmm. in the arc of the MCU, one of Peter's closest friends. Yes. Um, he looks after him when Tony Stark can't be arsed or pretends to be mentoring him with a tough lesson. Don't forget, though, this is before Tony Stark has sacrificed himself. And yeah. it's before Spider-Man Far From Home. So I don't think Spider-Man knows Happy very well at this stage. Okay. Their their entire relationships at this point has been the trip to Germany. Mm, that's fair. So um, we also, Winter Soldier survives, assuming because he just uses his metal arm all the time yeah, to block the bites. Yeah, you can't bite that on the, on the Winter Soldier. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Um, mm. we, Hope Van Dyne survives because she's quick thinking. She's real small. She's real small, so it's hard to bite. Um, One of my favourite scenes, Michael, was where her uh, Hank Pym bites Captain America in mini form. Very good, very clever. Straight from the comic book, Michael. Straight from the comic book, but we'll get into that. Um, So, uh, yeah, we we get to see that. One of the twists that I thought was really unusual, Michael, we got to see the the famous T'Challa as a snack scene from the comic book as well. Very surprising. Um, that's from the and, comic book as well. And poor old Chadwick Boseman got some very um, heavy dialogue. Yeah. Considering, you know, yeah. the fact he's no longer with us, Ben. Um, what do you think was going on there? Do you th- Like, at this stage, surely they knew he was ill. Oh, maybe he was working through some stuff. I, I don't I, know. Like, it's very, um, very heavy. Very heavy for a man who was suffering from... A terminal illness at the time. Yes. Yeah, not mm. not great. Very um, emotional. Very, very emotional. And they didn't mention that. They didn't like, it wasn't like in memory of Chadwick again. Um, no, because the, the Star-Lord one was a great celebration of his of his life. and like Yeah, this was a real Star-Lord dark little... <laughs> yeah, the Star-Lord one was just, isn't Chadwick Boseman great? Yeah, and it, it is the most optimistic of all of the episodes so far. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, so what we get to see, Michael, is um, Kurt survives from Ant-Man. Yeah, very which strange. I, which I'm not against. Why not? Baba Yaga, ben. Um Hulk survives, although we're led to believe he doesn't. But it, it would appear uh, But it would appear that they can't bite his skin. They can't bite through his skin, then. Um, maybe they bite his eyeballs or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, but anyway, 
it's all for naught, Michael, because it turns out that zombie virus has gotten everywhere else, and zombie Thanos is waiting in Wakanda at the end. Oh, no use. Um, Tonally, Michael, all over the place. As you said, the reintroduction of Paul Rudd is bizarre. He's a head in a jar, Ben. He's a head in a jar, and in fairness, of all the actors you could imagine pulling that off, it is Paul Rudd Mm. who would pull that off. In real life, Paul Rudd may be a head in a jar. Um, it doesn't matter. I'd watch him in Anton. I'd still mm, yeah, go and yeah, see it. Be grand. Yeah, yeah it'd be good. Um, but I think it's interesting because again, the tone gets very happy. Ha ha ha! Funny, 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 funny. Let's cope with this through quips. Um, yeah. The, the the Vision Wanda twist. What what do we mm. think of that? It's it's a fairly common one. It's yes. one of the classic zombie twists of. I've got one and I'm feeding it and I'm doing horrible things. So as soon as Vision appeared on screen, I was like, oh, no, he's he's a baddie. He's a baddie. Yeah, well, he, we we had to think that, didn't we? We were just like, why why are you still around? What's hmm. why aren't you out what, helping people, Viz? What evil shit have you done, Vision? Yeah. And it's a zombie bride. Arc. Yeah, classic, classic um, zombie bride. Yeah. And apparently Wanda's just as powerful in zombie form as she would be in any other form well everyone was Ben that was one of the points wasn't it that was the yeah that was what that was one of my favorite things about it was that once superhumans start getting turned into zombies that's pretty much the end of it it's game over yeah yeah it's, it's pretty game much over. It's, there's not a lot you can do there although there are still in that universe very few superhumans I wonder what happened to the Eternals why didn't they help they just left they were like they nope. just went ah oh, fuck this nope Hell no. What do you think Salma Hayek? And she was like, let's go. I I think the worst part is they figured out a cure and they didn't have time to distribute it because Paul Rudd's Mm. fine now. He's fine, yeah. (laughs) Um, Benjamin, yeah, it was weird. It's totally all over the place. And I think it's mostly totally all over the place because, as we said, it has to do all of the beats of a zombie movie in, in 33 minutes. Benjamin. Yeah. You know how Hope Van Dyne turned into a big... Did you think it was a bit... There was a couple of things I really didn't like. I really didn't like zombie Captain America being the one who turned Sharon Carter and hearing Sharon screaming as zombie Captain America bit her. There was something a bit unpleasant about that, given their relationship. Mm, yeah. A little bit misogynistic about that, Ben. I wasn't, I wasn't very fond of that scene. Yeah. And then she wasn't the one who got to kill him either. No, there was no revenge for her. Sharon Carter no. was a real throwaway character. Poor um, Sharon Carter got really. Uh, if I was Emily Van Camp, I would have been like, "Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. This is gross." It never seems to like she didn't even get to put up much of a fight by the looks of things. Yeah, um, she gross, just, gross, she, and horrible. She done got got, and then Bucky yeah. dispatches him. No bother. Exactly, Ben. I bet you when Emily Van Camp received that script, she said, "This is the second grossest thing I've ever read." Since Ben sent me that script titled Erotic Niction. <laughs> I bet you she was like, oh, oh, this is gross. I'll do it, though. Can I, can I still be in Falcon and Winter Soldier? Grant, sign me up. If I'm still in Falcon and Winter Soldier, then I'm on board. Um, yeah, so that was a bit gross. But also, what else? There was one other thing I really didn't like. Oh, yeah. I really didn't like the fact that Hope Van Dyne, Ben, her powers are not intrinsic. They're technological. So if they were worried about a big, huge, giant zombie, she should have just taken those flipping bracelets off. Disabled it, yeah. Yeah, just disabled the size-changing thing. Yeah, just smash it up. And then they're like, oh, Hope Van Dyne can carry us across these zombies. The bloody cloak can fly, Ben. Yeah, and it's pretty strong. 
The cloak could have just flown like them. It across. was thrashing people around. Like the, yeah, the yeah. only reason the Hulk made it out of that is because the cloak was like, oh, "I'll give you a hand. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a dig out." That that cloak overpowered Drax and Destroyer, Ben. Um, it did. That, I that cloak temporarily halted Thanos. I got so upset, Michael, in the Doctor Strange episode when he incinerates the cloak. When he kills Cloaky, yeah. I was like, sad. no, you're a dick. It was like it was like when the rug used to get threatened in Aladdin. And I was like, yeah, don't yeah. you hurt that fucking don't rug. Don't you leave. Don't hurt that inanimate outerwear. Anyway, Benjamin. Yes, it was it was a bit hit and miss, Ben. But Benjamin. Yeah. What even is Marvel Zombies? So Marvel Zombies, Michael, has emerged as a fan favorite kind of spin-off universe. Um, in Marvel Comics and the 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 lore of it kind of was yes. expanded upon in 2006 by one Robert Kirkman who we've previously mentioned on this podcast I've heard of him uh, Robert Kirkman famously wrote The Walking Dead Michael so if you're going to do zombies who are you going to call Kirkman call Kirkman yeah. or George Romero um, yeah so when there's something strange yes in your metropolis that's the other company but alright who are you going to call the Avengers? And then they're going to get bit and then they're going yeah, to turn into zombies. And it's not great for anyone. Um, so the, the Marvel zombies are a little bit different from the MCU zombies, Michael. Um, Very different bit. In that I they, re- in, yeah, they retain all their intelligence. Every last ounce of it most of the time. Not most of the time. Some of the time. Unless, Michael, mm. the hunger's upon them. Benjamin. Yeah. The... The the massive biggest difference between Marvel Zombies, the comic book, and the What If Marvel Zombies is the Marvel Zombies in What If Marvel Zombies, the animated show we watched last week. Yeah. They are zombies. Correct. They follow the rules, the modern rules of zombies. They're dumb. They're a bit slow. They're trying to eat you and bite you. They're not talking. They're just going, ah. Yeah. And if you destroy their brains, then they're they're goners. Or if you take the head off, they're goners. Yeah, game over. The classic modern zombie. Yeah. The Marvel zombies in the comic book Marvel Zombies could not be any more different. No, they're like vampires without regeneration, I suppose. Uh, yeah, they're essentially, they're dead. Yeah. They're entirely dead. They have an overpowering desire for flesh. And... When they've eaten, a little bit like iZombie, Ben, when they've recently mm. eaten, they regain their intelligence and then they become more and more zombie-like as they go without eating. Yeah, so they, they also seem to be... I don't know whether it sharpens the original character to a new point of amorality or it reveals who was a real dickhead all along. Mm. Um, but, it, I mean, it's interesting. One of the things I would say in terms of tone, Michael, is, interestingly enough, the zombies are all very quippy in the Marvel zombie universe. They, they're all a bit witty and snarky and... Because they are themselves. They are they're themselves, just themselves, yeah. but they want to eat everybody. Yeah, and I think one of the things that makes... that that really has an effect on us, it's very dark. The, very. the Marvel... Very dark. The Marvel Zombies universe, Michael, is unpleasant to read. For me, personally. Uh, no, I totally agree. This is one of the most unpleasant and horrible things I've ever read. It's uh, it's horror in the truest sense, Ben. In that, it's just horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. It's absolutely horrible. It's yeah. beloved characters you know. 
acting like themselves, but being horrible. Just and being awful. Awful, horrible, horrible awfulness. And it's not big spooky monsters jumping out and going, boogly woogly. It's not, you know, it's not horror like, ooh, what could possibly be around the corner? It's horror like there's a bit of Magneto poking out of Bruce Banner. Yeah. And everyone's just being blasé about it. And Thor keeps eating it. Thor keeps eating it. And people reaching into their stomachs, taking bits out and eating it again. It's that true, gross, horrible horror. Yeah, the, the other mad horror element of it, Michael, is... Um, so, so just a, a little bit of spoilers for the, the original Volume 1 on uh, hmm. Marvel Zombies. But T'Challa has a conversation with the, the, the zombie version of the Wasp. Yes. Um, where she's begging him to just like cut off a little piece of himself and feed it to her because yeah. she's so hungry and he says you, it's it's psychological you can't be hungry you can't digest mm. there's there's nothing to you yeah. um, so just it's, the head. Like, it's, it's an existential hunger it's it's bizarre mm. um, and it's funny because the the survivors in this are almost like villains the Avengers are teaming up to beat only this time they're eating them yeah uh, and it's really grim, isn't it? Because I suppose the one, classically, Michael, Peter Parker seems to be the one who's been hardest done by this. Mm. And possibly Bruce Banner. And possibly Bruce Banner, because he's having a real tough time. Yeah. But Peter Parker, unfortunately, ate uh, Mary Jane and ate Aunt May. Mm. And he remembers it and seems to feel absolute remorse for it every time he feeds. Yeah, when he's not um, hungry. When he's not hungry. But everybody else is like, get over it, man. Everybody else seems to have gotten some kind of amoral unlock. Yeah. But he hasn't. He's just stuck again in a loop of, God almighty, why am I Spider-Man? Fuckity fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, but to be fair, when he's hungry, he's still eating bits of Magneto like everyone else. Well, he has to because he's hungry. He has to. He's hungry, Ben. It's gross. And the, 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 the blasé way they talk about it is the... Is the, it's the real, real horror? It's part. horrible. It's it's the worst thing I've ever read. Well, yeah, second worst. <laughs> but first, the the, oh, the erotic fiction, fiction. Then, yeah, yeah, the erotic, the erotic fiction. fiction. Yeah. Yeah, the, remember when you teamed up with Army Hammer? That one is particularly unpleasant. That one is particularly unnerving. <laughs> Fuck Army Hammer, man. He probably won't. really enjoys Marvel Zombies. I think he probably um, wrote it, Ben. Robert Kirkman probably- is the pen name. <laughs> It's Benjamin, entirely possible. Yeah. Um, did you read the origin of the Marvel Zombies? It's quite an interesting thing in its own right. So this is the thing that I've missed, Michael. I've, I, I am not actually familiar with where it comes from. So in the TV show that we just watched, the episode we just watched, it comes mm. from the Quantumverse, but I'm yes. assuming that's not where it comes from in the comics. It ain't, Ben. Because, Ben, I don't know if you remember, um, there was a guy called War- Warren or Garth Ennis or Ellis, and I've forgotten which one it is. I think it's Warren Ellis. Take your pick. And he was <laughs> writing, Ben... Um, he was writing the Ultimate Fantastic Four. Right. Have you ever seen or heard of the Ultimate Fantastic Four? Yeah, so this was kind of the flagship attempt alongside X-Men and Spider-Man when... Well, well, it wasn't, it wasn't. Because the flagships of the Ultimate Universe were Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay. And the Ultimates. Okay, and Ultimate Fantastic Four were one of the later editions, actually. Oh, get out of town. They came along a good bit later. And there's some interesting concepts in the Ultimate Fantastic Four, Ben. Of course, there were Warren Ellis or Gareth Ennis. And they it, it's interesting. But the one thing they promised they would never do with the Ultimates, Ben, and as you know, they backed down on this in the end. And 
now you know Miles Morales is in the regular universe and yep. uh, everyone's there but one of the things they promised they would never do Ben was the crossover yeah they won't be doing that they won't, that there will be no crossover between the ultimate universe and the regular universe until Ben Warren Ellis had ultimate Reed Richards meet via interdimensional television regular universe Reed Richards boo and they teamed up together Ben to do a little uh, a little cross dimensional transport machine. Oh yeah, as you and, do. And when the Fantastic Four cross dimensions, Ben, from the ultimate universe into our universe, everyone was very excited, Ben, because it was like, Oh well, they're gonna cross over the ultimate universe and the regular universe for the first time and characters can meet and maybe Miles Morales can move to this universe and oh it's going to be very exciting. But Ben, when they travelled across it turns out they weren't in the 616 Marvel mainline universe. They had been tricked by Reed Richards into coming to a zombie universe. Get out of town. And in the zombie universe, Ben, Magneto was leading an effort to try and save the last remaining people from the zombies who were everywhere. Wow, so it's a direct lead on. That's it's a mad. direct follow on. Exactly, Ben. And one of the fascinating things about it is they show the origin of the zombie virus in this. And in it, Ben... We see the Sentry oh, yeah. breaking through from another universe okay, and crashing down to the zombie universe's Earth and starting to infect people. So oh. the virus is extra dimensional even to its home dimension that we see it from. Yeah, from our perspective, our starting point. One of the fascinating things about it, Ben, is it's the Sentry, but... Um, He's like just a, a kind of, you know, the sentry, Ben. He's got yeah. the, the yellow suit and the, the blue trunks and the blue cape. It's classic. The classic and the blonde hair. And the thing about the sentry is, though, Ben, if you're looking at him from far away, the only thing that distinguishes him from Superman is the colour scheme. Yes. And the colour scheme is done later in comics. Mm-hmm. So the 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 long held this might be a fact Ben or it might be a bit of apocrypha, but apparently it was written as it was Superman who brought the zombie virus. Oh, that the DC universe was in fact infected first, and Superman managed to escape into the a Marvel universe and start infecting them. That would have been great. Very well. I mean, it makes no difference really. It because doesn't. A mystery virus is a mystery virus is a mystery virus is a mystery virus. Exactly, Ben. Um, but have you read the rest of the Marvel Zombie stories? Oh, the other thing, Ben, is the origin of the term Marvel Zombies. We haven't talked about that at all. This this goes back a long way. But, Ben, I've been reading comics since before you were born. Yes, you have. And I think that this is true, but I can't find any sources for it. So uh, yes. Ma- Maybe the listeners can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that Marvel Zombies originated as a derogatory term for Marvel fans. And it it just meant, Ben, anyone who mindlessly just buys the latest comics from Marvel. Is a Marvel zombie. Is a Marvel zombie. Funnily enough, Ben, it could almost be reapplied to today's world where people who go and see any film as long as it have Marvel on it could be called Marvel Zombies. Yeah, fair. And then... Yeah, so Marvel Zombies was already a pre-existing phrase in the comic book world before they did Marvel Zombies. That's a little tongue-in-cheek, Michael. The other thing about it, Ben, is for years and years and years and years, Marvel wouldn't let anybody touch it. 
Huh. I don't know if you followed Marvel video games in the 90s, 2000s, well, the 2000s and the 2010s, Ben, but there was a video game called Marvel Superheroes. Right. And it was a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. And they okay. were strictly forbidden from use. They had, you could be any Marvel character you'd ever thought of. Think of a Marvel character, Ben. Uh, uh, Think of one. Madcap. Who's that? He's a Deadpool villain. Uh, no, not a villain, Ben. You fight the villains. A, a hero. Oh, sorry. Uh, bloody swordsman. Oh, yeah. You could be swordsman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you want, yeah. Dane Bowers. Yeah. You could be. You could be any Marvel character you've ever imagined, Ben. And you could be any version of them. There were about fifty different costumes for Wolverine. You That's a lot be, of them. You could be Weapon X Wolverine. You could be Ultimate Wolverine. You could be. Jim Lee Wolverine, you could be original appearance Wolverine, you could be the little crappy claws man from the first Hulk Wolverine. Oh, yeah. But, Ben, couldn't be Marvel Zombies. Why not? Forbidden. Verboten. Verboten, Ben. For for, for a long, long time, Marvel didn't want anyone touching Marvel Zombies. I'm not sure exactly why. I think it might have been something to do with the deal with Disney and it being too horrific a concept for their valuable characters to also have versions where they're absolutely the worst people in the universe. It is. It is too damaging for anyone's reputation. You'll yeah, never very look bad. at them the same again. Very bad, very unpleasant, very gross. Um and I yeah, it's so strange. Um it's also strange because they're all given their golden age costumes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so it's like it's a real like purest form corrupted kind of gig. Um Oh, it's a horrific universe, Michael, and it's the the the, the callousness with which they're just like, oh, I'm going to eat him. Yeah, let's I eat get his, Mickey, I get though. his throat. You also get to see them argue over such petty things. Where it's like, mm. I want more. You have to give me more. Um, do you know what I mean? Tony Stark's the, the head dick yeah. for some reason. The dick head, yeah. Um, and, oh, it's a bizarre universe, Michael, and very harrowing to read over time. I haven't really read much else of it. I, I To be honest... The original run left a bit of a sour taste in my tum. Mm, like if you ate another, zo- ate another zombie. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that, Michael. <clears throat> uh, sorry. You okay? Thought. Did you eat another bit of zombie? Mm. You all right? Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. This certainly isn't the start of an apocalypse. Benjamin. Okay, cool. I've read most of it. Oh, and that's a lot. I know, yeah, I know. I'm, you know, I mostly regret it, to be honest. The first two, the two first two Kirkman ones, mm-hmm. gross, horrible disgusting very unpleasant so yeah. one of the worst things I've ever read then it yeah. goes on Ben and other writers start picking it up and it becomes a little bit more generic-y uh, the third volume for example Ben is about armour the so you have S.H.I.E.L.D. Ben and okay. S.H.I.E.L.D. are the Homeworld Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Yeah. then you have the S.W.O.R.D. Ben and S.W.O.R.D. are the space equivalent Yes. And then you have Armour, and Armour are the even more secretive version, who are the interdimensional equivalent. Oh. And one of the things, one of Armour's main concerns is stopping the zombie virus from getting into the main universe. I mean, that's fair. And they're always getting people to do it, and usually they're getting people who's robots, because they're immune. Yeah, that makes, I mean, that makes an awful lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, except I think Vision was a zombie in the first one. Well, Vision's a synthesoid, not not a robot, so 
maybe that makes sense. I mean, the, the questions are endless, Michael. The questions I think are it's endless. A, there's, a, there's a little bit of plot armor in there somewhere. Yeah, but um, I mean, in the first, in the first ones, in the Robert Kirkman ones, the virus can infect anyone. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't Galactus, matter. Silver what you Surfer. Are. Anyone. Well, they don't get infected. They just get eaten. Yeah, they just get <laughs> devoured, don't they? They just they get don't eaten come back at all. in a gross and horrible way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the big thing. You know, the the really dark thing about the zombie universe, and that one is they've run out of food. Mm. Um, so it's it's an even more desperate kind of somewhat unrealistic, though. Is it? They've well, there's only six of them, and okay, they've got the power of cosmic. Okay, but there are only six of them, and they managed to depopulate the entire universe in forty years. Yeah, so I mean, that's the overarching thing is they've they've wiped out their entire universe. Yeah, the entire the, universe. Yeah, the entire like it would take them forty years to eat ego. It it would. Yeah. They should have got Quicksilver on board. Yeah, he would have done it much quicker. He would have done it much quicker. He would have been like Quicksilver, as they say. Um, they came in later, Michael, as well, didn't they? They um, they were part of a Deadpool um run as well, where. I think Deadpool makes a deal with death together or someone makes a deal with death in the Marvel universe. The the it's called the the cancerverse is is what another canonical term for it is mm. where these zombies keep coming and eating and death doesn't exist in their world anymore. I don't think that's connected. The cancerverse not connected? I don't think so. The cancerverse was a Guardians of the Galaxy thing. It was, yeah, Mostly. was it not zombies? I thought it was just the the whole point of well I suppose in a, in a sense it is the whole point of the cancer versus is uncontrollable life. Okay. Like the, there's there's no death so nothing ever dies and things just multiply and multiply and multiply beyond control. Yeah. Okay. Um, Makes sense. As opposed to the zombies where they are killing pretty much everybody and eating everybody. Them. Pretty much everybody and eating them. It's gross and it's horrible. But yeah, no way they're going to depopulate a universe in forty years when we Ain't see them. Happen. You know, we see them taking a minute to eat a person. Yeah. A person who Logistically, it's not yeah, going to happen. It's not going to happen. They kill Thanos. Hulk kills Thanos. Get out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it doesn't kill them because it doesn't seem like you can kill them at all. Because even after they're dead, you can still scoop their brains up and put them back in and they work. They're fine. Yeah, so it's, it's different to the MCU again in that there is mm. no finite level to this. Yeah, yeah. Gross. Yeah. One of the most gross and horrible things I've ever read, Ben. Oh, uh, just awful. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it really sets us up for Spooktober. What did you think of these bloody spooky boys and girls and their nibbling? Mm. Um, you can get in touch with us a bunch of different ways, ladies and gentlemen, and let us know what you thought. Uh, you can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on Instagram at Sherlock sure Listen Podcast. It means Sherlock sure Listen Podcast in Irish. You can in get English. in touch with us in English it does, yeah. And you can get in touch with us on Twitter if you want to get in touch with us there at Listenshire. Yeah. You can find us there. Let us know. But ladies and gentlemen, all of that pales in comparison to the wonderfully interactive, constantly tended to, really snappy snappily responsed to Discord. Get up hop on that up Discord, on baby. Hop up on it. Hop up on Discord while it's still good. While it's still good before the bloody floor bit big before big communication takes it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you thought. Um, what have you thought of this week's offerings? Are you excited for The Matrix? What do you think? Um, let us know 
at those different places. You can join us in a week's time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, where we'll be chatting about Memory Lane, the use of memories in science fiction. Mm. Uh, Whose memories are they? We'll be looking at films like Reminiscence, starring one huge jacked man. Um, He's a big boy. Uh, We'll be taking a look at the film that apparently inspired and has not been credited at all, Strange Days, Michael. Strange Days, I've Um, seen it. Starring Rafe Fiennes and some other people. Mm. Uh, And then other things like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So we'll be taking a look at all of those wonderful things. Um, Also, ladies and gentlemen, if you hadn't had enough of gross, horrible MCU zombie weirdness, you can check out our Tuesday podcast, or our Wednesday podcast, Collecting Issues, where we'll be taking a look at that volume one from Robert Kirkman. It's a a bi-weekly comic book book club. It is indeed. You can find us there. That's it from us, ladies and gentlemen, for this week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Sorry for those bad words earlier. We'll bleep them out if I don't forget. They'll be bloody bleeped.